Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we enter the book of Mark at the beginning of chapter 4, where, as Pastor Jim will point out, marks a turning point in Jesus' ministry. What was the turning point? His teaching style shifted. He started teaching in parables, and he did so for reasons he explained plainly to his disciples. But didn't teaching in parables make his points more difficult to understand? Yes, it did. Well, then why did he choose to obscure his teaching in this way at this time? Well, it has something to do with the recent response of the people, and especially the religious leaders, to his teaching and miracles. You might even say it was a consequence of their rejection of him. And as Jesus goes to the sea and takes his place on a boat just offshore to teach these huge crowds, Pastor Jim will explain. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, The Kingdom of Heaven Today. So facet number seven of the kingdom diamond. Christ will give the kingdom to the Father for eternity. One verse embedded in the great resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, tells us about this. 1 Corinthians 15, 24. Then comes the end when He hands over the kingdom to the God and Father when He has abolished all rule and all authority and all power. In other words, when He has finished snuffing out the rebellion. And after that comes the new heaven and the new earth. The whole Bible. Genesis to Revelation. It's all about this development of the kingdom of God. Oh, but it's all about a whole bunch of other things too, but you can hang it all together by tracing the development of the kingdom theme and looking at that kingdom diamond in all of its facets. So the summary is this. The parables we are about to be introduced with, introduced to, I should say, deal with the activity of God's rule during the time between the first and second coming of the king. This is the form that God's kingdom on earth takes during this age. Now here's an interesting statistic for you. Interpreting the Bible by statistical analysis is of very little value. But here's an interesting observation. The word kingdom, I'm told, and I confess I did not count them myself this week, but I'm told by usually reliable sources that the word kingdom occurs 321 times in the Bible. 160 of them are in the Old Testament. And if you're real quick with math, you realize that means 161 are in the New Testament. When you consider that the New Testament is less than a fourth of your Bible, you can see there is a huge emphasis on the kingdom of God in the New Testament. It's an emphasis that 
I think doesn't get anywhere near the amount of attention it ought to be getting these days. But this is a big deal of the theme of the Bible. The rule of God during this age in which we live is the mystery form of the kingdom. And I'll show you why we use that term in a moment. There are several terms that are used for this in the New Testament. It's called the, the kingdom of heaven. That expression is used only in the Gospel of Matthew. What seems to be the reason is that Matthew, you know, was written for Jews, and it views the kingdom as the Jews seem to have been most comfortable in describing it, the kingdom which originates in heaven. The kingdom of heaven will come to earth. That seems to be more familiar to the Jews. But it's also called, elsewhere, the kingdom of God. This phrase describes the kingdom as the kingdom in which God rules, or the kingdom which belongs to God, or the kingdom which comes from God. Now, by the way, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are interchangeable synonyms. There are some people who have tried to build a doctrine on the basis of making a distinction between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, and that doesn't work because Jesus used the terms interchangeably on a couple of occasions in Matthew, where he'll just say kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, and he'll just interchange them without any distinction whatsoever. And then there are parallel passages recorded in Matthew and then recorded in Mark or Luke, and kingdom of heaven will be used in Matthew, but kingdom of God will be used in the other gospels. So we know they are one and exactly the same thing. It's also called the kingdom of the Father, because this is Christ ruling on behalf of the Father who sent Him. It's also called the kingdom of His dear Son. We've seen that in Colossians 1. That's just the reverse perspective of the kingdom of the Father. It is the kingdom of the Father, but it's the kingdom of the Father is given to His dear Son. Sometimes it's just called kingdom without any qualifier attached. Sometimes it's called His kingdom, because it's the kingdom which belongs to Him. And the antecedent of Him or His can be either the Father or the Son. The point is, all those terms describe God's rule on earth through the Messiah King, Jesus Christ. Presently, that rule is of a spiritual nature. It is in the hearts of those who receive Christ as King and declare their allegiance to Him as Lord. In the future... It will also include the literal reign of Christ on earth when he is physically present, sitting on the throne of his father David in Jerusalem and ruling the nations with a benevolent rod of iron. All right, there's your whole Bible in one point of a sermon. Seven facets of the kingdom diamond. Now, let's go much faster. Why Jesus used parables. Like I said, Matthew 13 is, is full of them. That's the biggest collection of parables in one place in the Bible. Some of them are also recorded in Mark 4, some in Luke chapter 8. And what they teach us is very significant. It's worth looking at these things. You can, you can just study the parables of Jesus and it will be very profitable. What is unusual, though, about studying the parables is the same thing that was unusual about what we saw last time when we studied the unforgivable sin. And I said, what's unusual is studying that in its actual context. 
studying the parables in their actual context will make them blossom and grow as you have never understood them before. So we're going to study these things in the context as Jesus meant them. Now let's skip down to Matthew 4. I read the first verse and a half, and we'll circle back there next time. Skip down in in, in Mark chapter 4. I think I said Matthew. Mark chapter 4, verses 10 through 12. As soon as he was alone, his followers along with the twelve. Now, that's after the first parable, and we'll have to piece together the chronology by comparing the Gospels. It was actually after more than just the first parable. But when he was alone then, in other words, away from the crowds, his followers, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables. And he was saying to them, To you it has been, or to you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But those who are outside get everything in parables. So he's saying, this is special for you. And it's to keep some things away from those who are on the outside. The outside of what? The outside of the kingdom. Matthew includes a few more details in his version of it. Matthew 13, 10 and 11. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And notice that they, they put a them in there. It's like, okay, well, you've just suddenly changed how you talk to all those people. Jesus answered them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. So he's doing this to reveal mysteries. Now, what does that mean? When the Bible, a mystery is something that was not formerly revealed by God, but now it has been made known. It doesn't mean it's eerie. It doesn't mean it's spooky. It's not a whodunit mystery, not that kind of a thing. But it's something God has not revealed and now He has revealed. That's called a mystery. So Jesus is saying that the reason for the parables is to explain something which cannot be fully known from the Old Testament. This has to come from the lips of the king. Now we're going to look at those verses in more detail in conjunction with the first parable. But for now, let it suffice to say that from this day on, that's why I called it a turning point, from that day on in his ministry... Until the end of his time in Galilee, until the end of that period, which was the bulk of his public appearances, we call it the great Galilean ministry. From this turning point on, Jesus no more taught the crowds in a straightforward way like he had always done, like in the Sermon on the Mount. All his public teaching was in parables during the rest of his time in Galilee. Only when he was alone with his disciples did he teach and explain in a straightforward way as before. So these parables of Jesus revealed new things to the ones who believed to help them understand the kingdom of God in light of the fresh rejection of the king by the nation of Israel as a whole. But they were also designed to make it harder for those who refuse to believe to understand or refused to believe and to understand what he was talking about. A parable not explained is more like a riddle. 
So he was, in, a set, in essence, shunning the ones who weren't believing. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.